Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Come on, Uncle Jim, party start. Hear that music? From South Bend, Indiana. That's in America. It's sports yet. This is Jimmy Shores. Thank you, Studio DNA Podcast Network. And here's your host, Corey Mann, an Indiana Broadcast Hall of Famer, Chuck Freeby. That's good. Now turn it off. Welcome to episode 113 of Sports Yak with Corey and Chuck. It is a holiday weekend. Chuck's got the day off. I'm actually in the radio studio. Have a chance to push out a Sports Yak episode for the weekend. Something a little special. I'll tell you about that in a second. But first, want to say congratulations to Sports Yak fan Robbie Lightfoot on the birth of his new son, Lincoln. Congratulations. Very exciting. I want to let you know about the changing of a little bit of language you know, iTunes is going away. iTunes, you know, they, they don't sell music anymore. You can get music anywhere basically for free or streaming. So Apple podcasts are going to stick around, but not iTunes. So in an effort to continue to build our sports yak audience, I'm going to point you towards Apple podcasts, rate the episode, rate the podcast, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Of course, we're available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, all of the podcast platforms. But if you are an iTunes individual, yeah, that's going away. I don't know the exact date, but Apple Podcasts will remain the same. So I thought I would chop up a best of episode for you. You know, a lot of kids, a lot of young people are in camps right about now. Summer camp, sports camp, church camp, uh, vacation camp. Well, for a time, every Friday, we would have Chuck do Sportscasters Camp. And you know, from time to time on my Facebook newsfeed, that'll pop up. There's some sort of Sportscaster Camp that you can attend. Why should I attend that when I've got a great resource that sits right next to me during this podcast? So we have gathered up all of those episodes, chopped them up nicely for you. So you've got Sportscaster Camp. All the good stuff, all the good information, all in one episode. So here we go. If you've ever thought about sports casting, if you've ever thought about like what Chuck does, being a broadcaster in the sports world, he gives some solid advice, even though he does it under protest. He's got a lot of great information, and I think you'll actually get something out of this if you lean in. Sportscasters Camp, the best of on Sports Yacht. It is time for Chuck Freebie's Sportscasters Camp. Now, didn't we just, wasn't that the breakdown of the Don Fisher call? Wouldn't that be enough of the Sportscasters Camp tip right there? That was a setup. Okay. That was like, uh, 
in comics, you have a first appearance of a villain, and sometimes it's just their hand or maybe their eyebrows and their eyes. That's what that was. This is the full-on, if you're going to get the origin of Sports Camp, you're going to have to listen to episode 68. <laughs> the Armory Yager episode yes. will be key. I asked Chuck uh, last episode, let's walk through and, like, if you are going to teach a sportscaster's camp, which he has been a counselor at, mm-hmm. let's go through some let's go through some stuff here. If someone's listening, maybe they're a high school student and they're thinking about, maybe I'd like to do that. Or somebody who's our age who wants to turn a corner and go, I think I, I might have what it takes. Lesson number one. It's very simple. You record yourself and then you play it back. And what happens if, invariably, somebody will say, I hate how my voice sounds. To which the response is, well, if you do, think of what the listener would think. I watched the Seinfeld episode last night where the NYU reporter comes over. Are you going to tape me on the tape recorder? Because I don't like the sound of my voice. It's nasally. Now, here's my pushback on that. I hated how I sounded in 88, but I knew this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So for, I would say, four years, I had to work at getting the sound that I felt was appropriate. But that's the point. The point is, it's not, well, quit now. Mm-hmm. The point is, if you want to do this, then you're going to have to work on that. Mm-hmm. Because when that, you, when, that's not going to go away. When do you think you found your voice? From the time you started until you're like, I, I've, I've hit my, this is who I am. Oh, gosh. You know, it's funny you should ask that because the other day I was going through some old tapes and I found what what I had put together as my resume tape. Really? Yeah. Do you have that? For TV. Oh, okay. Um, And I watched it and I said, I wouldn't have hired me. Really? Yeah. What do you think they saw in you? Well. Local boy. Yeah, I know what the, they were looking for somebody to cover high school sports. And this wasn't my intern resume tape that I submitted to WNDU and got hired. This was a tape that I had made at WNDU thinking that I would be looking at other stations. Oh, okay. Okay. And after watching it, I was like, I wouldn't have hired that guy. And this is the on camera stuff at the high school games. Mm-hmm. Chuck's challenge. Yeah. That stuff was fine. It was my it was my anchoring. Okay that I didn't like but when, when I watched it back. When did you find your voice? Some might say I'm still looking for it. Um, Come on. When no, you find your I, voice. honestly, I, I think you're trying to always improve. I think when I realized instead of talking to people, I needed to talk with them to okay. try to become more conversational in the way that I did things. So uh, six years, four years, a decade? Probably. It probably took me... I started at WNDU in 87. I would say it probably took me until about 93, 94. Okay. Yeah, six years, seven years. Now, when you came over over here and started calling, it was, was it football first? Yeah, well, football was the first thing. Do you feel like you were at your prime to pick up and, and just run with it, or did it take you a while to assimilate? Uh, well, it takes a while to assimilate only because you're working with a different crew and you kind of have to feel like what works for them. And Were you the lead when you came here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, which was a little bit of a point of contention, but it was fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, it didn't take long because I had been doing it. Even though I hadn't been doing a bunch of play-by-play over at WNDU, I had been doing this kind of all my life into tape recorders and stuff like that. So it it didn't take me long to find my voice for this. It was merely learning to... I didn't have to do a radio play-by-play. Mm-hmm. It needed to be a TV play-by-play. So uh, let's go back to the point. If you record yourself, you get behind a microphone, and you don't like what you hear, what what's the next step? Well, you have, you have a choice to make. It, the choice is, do I just give up and say, well, you know... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to change the caliber of my voice mm-hmm. or how I do this. Uh, I'm gonna go into something else. Or how do I work on that? How do I sound less nasally? How do you know? Maybe I'm not breathing properly. Maybe I'm. Maybe I need to speak more from the diaphragm. By the way, that's all stuff I had to learn on my own. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I didn't have somebody pull me aside. But hearing you say that, I had to learn how to breathe. When we're on the air, so you wouldn't hear the nose. Right. You know, so it's almost like you're doing it uh, secretly. It's something that takes work. It's natural. Yes. But it's something that takes work. Okay. And it's time for Chuck Freebie's Sportscasters Camp Lesson Number Two. Oh, wow. What do you have for us today? Someone who's thinking about the profession someone who might be dabbling with it, someone in the elementary, middle, or high school that might hear about this, and they want to know from the Hall of Famer, the local legend, the guy who's still doing it day after day, what lesson could you provide for us? For every five minutes that you are doing a game, uh, maybe that's too much of a ratio, For every 15 minutes that you're doing a game, you're going to have to spend an hour in preparation. For every 15 minutes that you are broadcasting a game. So, for example, a high school basketball game on television for you. What's the duration? About an hour and a half. Hour and a half. So you break that down into 15-minute increments. That's about six hours of preparation. Six hours of pregame of... So what will that consist of? Tracking down rosters and stats, looking up information on players, going to practices, talking to coaches, finding out about the teams so that you are well-versed in what is going to happen before it happens. Let's say I'm a first-time broadcaster and I'm going to be with you doing one of these games and you send me to, say, Chesterton. Mm -hmm. Help me introduce myself to the coach in the first meeting. Well, see, what what I did in the case of Chesterton this week is I sent an email to the coach, mm-hmm. and I said, Mark, congratulations on the sectional. I'm sure it's an exciting time at Chesterton, considering they haven't So you show that you've got a little knowledge right off the bat, that you're not just flying into this blind. Then you say, could you please send me, in order that I can do a better telecast, could you please send me your roster, your updated stats, and your starting lineup. Also, we put together a graphic of keys to win. Could you give me three keys to win? And then in parentheses, I always put scoring more points than the other team while 100% effective is not allowed to be a key to win. Okay. So 
little bit of my sense of humor comes out, but I also don't need smart aleck responses. I need authentic yes. keys to win. Final thing I said is, would there be a time this week that I could use 15 minutes of your time to learn more about your team? Okay. All Which day. happened to be over the phone this Which time. Which happened to be over the phone. Mm-hmm. He was very good about it, sent me everything back in one fell swoop, said, here's my phone number. What would be a good time for you? We kind of hashed that out, and then I called him on the phone. I called I called him one minute earlier than I said I would call him, rather than one minute later. Yeah. You're on time. You respect his time. He's a busy guy. He's prepping and, for a... And I kept... I, I had a stopwatch. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I am not going... I told you I'm going to take 15 minutes. I'm not taking... If I come up less than 15 minutes, he's not going to mind that. Okay. If I go more than 15 minutes, he's going to mind. All right, so back to rule number two. For every 15 minutes of your broadcast, one hour of preparation. Right. Okay. For a baseball game, that's a lot of preparation. Yeah, so how long was a Notre Dame baseball game just last season? Typically, three hours. Three hours. So all, 12 hours of prep. All week now, long. Now, that 12 hours of prep is likely going to actually get me through three games. Because they're playing the same team. Because they're playing the same team. Okay. But then what I have to do on the air is parse that out. Okay. I'm not going to use everything in game one of the series. And uh, Dan Jenkins, great sports writer for Sports Illustrated, who passed away last night at the age of 89, one of the great pieces of advice that he always gave to up-and-coming writers was, don't force an anecdote into a story. You may have a great anecdote. It might be amusing to you. If it doesn't fit into the flow of the story, save it for another day. Hmm. And, and the same thing is true for the broadcast. I might have great facts or stories about players, but if they don't fit into the flow of the game, and, and quite frankly, if the flow of the game is back and forth and it's tight, you will hear less storytelling from me because the game doesn't need it the game's strong enough by itself okay you're doing the preparation for when you have a bad game and you got to keep the viewer interested all right on fridays i twist his arm to give us some insight on how he does what he does because he's a hall of famer and i think this is a great place to leave a legacy here we go chuck freebies sportscaster camp Lesson number three. Learn to write well, because if you can write well, then you'll be able to put your thoughts into order and speak well. Okay, let's dig into that. Learning to write well. You want to be able to write concise sentences. You want to be able to write where your verbs have power, where your adjectives have the ability to describe succinctly, but well. You don't get to write anymore that much. So how do you stay on top of that? How do you keep that polished? Well, because I because I have written before, mm -hmm. it taught me how to put my thoughts together and how to speak them well. You wrote for the Elkhart Truth? Wrote for the Elkhart Truth. I did some, well, back, first of all, I had good writing teachers in school. Okay. Did that start all the way back in Elkhart? Yes. Oh, okay. And then I wrote for the school newspaper. I wrote 
stories for the Notre Dame programs when I was in school. I wrote press releases, which emphasized the who, what, why, when, and how. And then I wrote for the Elkhart Truth. Through doing that, you learn how to put things together. Many times you're learning how to do it on a deadline, which obviously your deadline as you're doing play-by-play is while you're speaking. Yes. But you learn how to put things together in a quick, concise way with powerful verbs and descriptive adjectives. If you ever watch Mike Emmerich do a hockey game, Mm -hmm. notice how he rarely uses the same verb twice to describe a pass of the puck in a hockey game. That noticeable. That noticeable. This is the Friday episode, and we do end on a very particular segment. It's the Chuck Freebie Sports Camp. I was hoping we forgot about this. No, the art of interviewing, and I went, oh, wait a minute. It's Friday. Lesson number four. When you're doing an interview, actually ask a question. When you're doing an interview, actually ask a question. Dig a little deeper, please. Well, there are some people who do interviews by just making statements and expecting you to then expound upon their statement. The actual art of an interview is to ask questions, and as you mentioned, Corey, listen to the answer and see if you can get follow-ups. You go in, yes, probably with a plan of what you want to talk about. And I found it interesting the other day, you were talking about Willie Geist from the Today Show. Huge variety uh, magazine article giving him huge props, no notes, because he doesn't want you to feel like it's an interrogation, but a right. conversation. And that's what I, when I interview, especially student athletes, mm-hmm. many of whom this may be the first time that they've ever been interviewed on television. First of all, I tell them, you don't have to worry about looking at the camera. If you can look at me, you're doing better than my wife. And secondly, I tell them it's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's all we're having. I'm not putting you on the witness stand. I'm hopefully just asking you questions that reveal a little bit about the person that you are. Yeah. Who does it really well? Well, you mentioned Costas. I I think he's a a terrific interviewer. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned Willie Geist. I, I think he's an outstanding interviewer. I'd like to throw in Howard Stern, particularly about listening to the answer and then redirecting. Yes. He's, he's the king at it. But it is, it's a skill, and it's something that you have to do for a while in order to get better at. But you have to have a natural curiosity about yourself, too. Yeah. You have to really want to... You have to care in that moment. Yeah. And and you do a little research, just like we talked about with broadcast. If you're going to interview somebody, you do a little research. There it is right there, Chuck Freebie's Sportscaster Camp. Oh, it's so great. It's so rich. That material's so rich. Rick Vaughn gets the starting call today. We're told he matured a lot over the winter. Apparently, he's bathing now. Congratulations, Rick. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator, to complement his fastball, the Terminator. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money at broadcast school has really paid off. Professor Chuck Sportscaster Camp segment is brought to you by Beaver Island Casino. Head to Charlevoix. 
Then get in a boat and go north, and you'll run into an island called Beaver Island. Get off, and well, you made it. We're not going to let him out of here on a Friday without visiting Uncle Chuck's Sportscasters Camp. I believe when we last left off, it's time for lesson number five. Lesson number five. To be the best sportscaster you can possibly be. You can give all the stats you want on a player or a coach. They will not be remembered as much as a story that you can tell about them. If you can find an anecdote, a little, a little fun fact, or something like that, that will stand out far more than any statistic that you give about them. I will, uh, I will see that, and I will raise that. Here's what I like about you and the way you do things. When we watch a game on Friday nights on Facebook Live, which, by the way, is just months away, uh, you do that a lot about players. You find a little fun fact. They're in fellowship of Christian athletes. His brother used to play over here. When he's not doing this, he likes to, you know, work at his dad's farm or whatever. You can really tell when someone hasn't done their homework when about every other stat is a 64% free throw shooter. Well, and that's important to note when somebody's going to the line, especially at the end of a game, there's there's a time for the stat. Yes. But, but when that's all that you say, right. I've got a problem. So yeah, so you're do, when you're doing homework, which let's go back. If you're uh, if you're doing uh, what is it for every fifteen minutes, it's an hour of prep. You're looking for the little the little things. Yes, you're looking for the stuff that maybe another sportscaster might not say at all. Right. If I can, I mean, and Scully was the best of this. Scully would find these amazing stories about people. Maybe it's through conversation. Maybe it's through research. Whatever it is, he would find these stories and then be able to weave them into the game. And and the running joke in baseball was, if Vin Scully was telling a story, the the inning would not end until the story ended. Somehow, <laughs> the god of baseball would, would say, oh, well, Vin's telling a story, foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, you know, pause, wipe sweat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Vin's done, ground out to the second base. Find something other than stats, something, some a little special story. I mean, you're trying to make these people relatable to the viewer. You think about a game as though it is a, a television show, mm-hmm. and here are the characters. What makes these characters stand out? You, uh, you informed me on a broadcast that the Penn quarterback was diabetic. Yes, I immediately put him in the same as my uncle. Uh, my two uncles were diabetic, so I knew. Oh, he's playing with a little extra something he's got to deal with. Yeah, you know. Yep, and he may have to deal with that during a game. You never know. You never know. Hey, business owner, there's a new way to get your message out: advertising with the Sports Yak Podcast with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann. With over 100 episodes in the archives, this is the number one sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. With a mix of headlines, humor, and heart, this podcast continues to grow with three new episodes a week. With over 1,200 downloads in May of 2019, you can be assured your message will be heard by many. 
For example, their monumental episode 100 has been downloaded over 280 times. And with your commercial message strategically placed in the podcast recording, it'll be one of the first items the audience hears. Whether it's your advertising message or a podcast sponsorship, we'll help get your messages to the masses. Contact thesportsyak at gmail.com. That's thesportsyak with two Ks at gmail.com for more info. And download an episode of Sports Yak and hear for yourself. It's time for Sportscasters Camp. Uh, I would say try to cry during your Hall of Fame acceptance speech. Try to cry <laughs> during your Hall First of all, that's a huge <laughs> goal to shoot for, Hall of Fame. But then to tear up during yeah, that. that would yes. be good. That would be good. All right, let's wipe that clear. Give us something. Something to be a great sportscaster. Well, we've, we've talked about a number of different things already. And I really should come prepared for these since preparation is one of the things that I talk about. Let me ask you in this. Sportscasters. Let me ask you this and see if you'll you'll go off on this. Uh pay attention uh pay attention to detail. Would you agree? Well, yeah. I think as you especially when you are working in radio, there are all kinds of things that you can do to paint the picture for your listener. How many steps off the line is the third baseman? How deep are the outfielders? Uh, are they playing the hitter to hit up the middle? You know what? Give me the location of the fielders. Wind blowing out, wind blowing in. That's going to make a a difference in thing. What about the the shadows? Are they starting to make an impact on the game? There are all kinds of little things that you can point out that help bring that picture for the radio listener to life. Again, on TV. You don't necessarily have to talk about these things, but in radio especially, that's part of what makes a good radio broadcaster is painting that picture. You mentioned uh, TV. I noticed a very lengthy uh, break during the Notre Dame women's basketball game during an injured player segment, and nobody said anything. And just kind of, I think it was out of respect, Mm -hmm. out of not knowing now, I don't want to say not knowing what to say, but they didn't know the magnitude of the injury yet. Correct. But it was just a moment of let's just take this in because it felt like if they hadn't start ta- had start, it would have just been kind of fluffy, blah, thrown away stuff. Right, right. No. And there is a time, especially in television, to be silent, yes. to let the pictures tell the story or to let the crowd noise tell the story. Uh, I told this story in my acceptance speech. Uh, Dick Enberg, who was a brilliant, brilliant sportscaster and was pretty much the top dog at NBC, and he would come in and do college basketball games, and I had the pleasure of being his statistician, I'd say, three or four times um, while I was a student at Notre Dame. He would do the games with Al McGuire. And when there would be a big moment... Enberg would stick both of his arms out as though to tell everybody around him, stop, don't say a word. And he would hold both his, almost like a symphony conductor. Conductor, yes. And that was basically, don't say a word, 
just let the pictures and the crowd noise tell the story. And to me, the master of it is Scully. Scully, even on radio, knew when to lay out. This week marked the 45th anniversary of Hank Aaron's 715th home run. And if you listen to Scully's call of Aaron's 715th home run, I believe there is a 45 minute, 45 second, excuse me, gap between him saying the ball is gone and the next time he talks. And in that time, you hear the crowd going nuts. You hear the fireworks going off. You just, you have this feeling like you're at the event, even though you might be listening on a transistor radio 3,000 miles away. And that, my friends, is artistry. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a... Wow. Yeah. That was lengthy. It was lengthy, a lengthy layout, but then listen to how he summed that up and put it into historical context. Yes. We're talking about 1974 just six years after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, there were still a lot of racial tensions in this country. Henry Aaron received hate mail because he was a black man breaking Babe Ruth's record. And Scully puts it into the historical context. We're in the Deep South. We're in Atlanta, where the, you know, the heart of the Confederacy and a black man gets a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking an icon's record. That's good stuff. That's why he's been scuffed. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. You can always reach out to the show. We're on Twitter, at SportsGak with two Ks. Chuck's on Twitter, at 46Sports. We're on Instagram, SportsGak, two Ks. And I'm going to go out on a limb and do something I've yet to do. The new Sports Yak Hotline. If you'd like to call and leave a message for us, whether it's a question or a comment, you can do so. 574 210 7950. 574 210 7950. The Sports Yak Hotline. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Maybe you could rate the episode, let other people know. Until next time, Yak fans, Ooga Luga.
You've been listening to Sports Yak. All sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.